are now listening to Cult Cinema Catacombs. These films exist. I really wasn't. Jesus. Whoa. Well, I want to say that I think we're ready for a resurgence in <laughs> pirate movies. We already had real. that. We already had that. No, it's Jack over. Sparrow. That one's over. That no, phase re- is done. Re-resurgence. Yeah, we're done with. We're Johnny Depp's out, man. He's, Get he's Shalomay not in there. It is oh. Shalomay's turn. Yeah. Get Get, get Dune, but on the water. Love it. <laughs> water Dune. Water World again, for that matter. Yeah, Water World, part two. I'm frankly shocked that we don't have a second Water World movie. You know what? This- They're make, if, if we're getting a sequel this year to Gladiator, why not? Yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, we could do it. Like, we, the three of us could do it. Yeah, I'm, literally I'm, us, we. <laughs> I'm still trying we. to wrap my brain around how the hell are we getting a sequel to Gladiator? That's a great question. One that I don't have an answer for. Yeah, and it's going to be weird. Like, it's yeah. not a it's not like the Gladiator, which was a straightforward Gladiator movie. This one, he goes through the Elysian fields and has to fight Hades or something. And it's what? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm just like Ridley Scott, just retire. Russell Crowe refuses to get in shape, too. <laughs> so he's going to look I the mean, way he, he like, did in the Pope Exorcist? Yeah, he's gonna look like he's gonna he's ah! gonna be Jovair running around. Mm-hmm. As like, how did you go from Russell Crowe in the Gladiator to Russell Crowe in the Pope's Exorcist directly, like like immediately following the the events of Gladiator? Well, you what know, happened you saw to the, you? If if you saw the movie Defending Your Life, you have all that food that you have access to, but you're not supposed to gain any weight. But when you're Russell Crowe, you're gonna gain the weight. You're going to gain the weight. You're going to throw a phone at somebody and you're going to gain the weight. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. We are doing Cutthroat Island. We talked yes. about it before. What? I'm very excited. The, this is the biggest flop we've ever done on the show, by the, the way. The biggest flop of all time. So, yeah. Oh. So, so here's what – welcome to Cold Cinema Catacombs, yeah, by the yeah, way, guys. listeners. Uh, here's why I reacted with the oh, my God moment. So – Cutthroat Island is still known as one of the biggest financial flops in history. When the movie was released in 1995, its budget was somewhere between 92 to 98 million dollars, and it only made 10 million dollars in the box office. Just to be clear, major crazy box office blockbuster movies now are being made for 90 million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like this that movie- is a big budget now. Yeah, this movie is responsible for closing down Carolical Pictures. A company that gave us classics like Terminator 2, Basic Instinct, Robocop. No, Robocop was Orion. I'm sorry. But it still gave us classic movies. Now, oh, if we were, shut them down. Yeah. So if we take $98 million, 
and adjust it for inflation to the year from the year 1995 to the year 2024, that means Cutthroat Island cost $203,647,345 to make. That wow. is an insane amount of money. That is a wild number to be throwing out there. That is James Cameron money right there. But it's this movie more, did it's not... That's like Dune money. That's like <laughs> Avengers money. It's an HBO prestige Sunday night show money. <laughs> this, this is... <laughs> This is this is the money they used to spend on MCU movies. I mean, I mean, this no. is this, this is I mean, it's it's mind blowing. It's absolutely mind blowing. Um, so what made you decide you wanted to do this one? <laughs> that that the the story like I'm surprised, and there, I I don't know this for sure, but I don't know of any like books that have been written about this movie or documentaries that have been made. That's what they should do. I don't because, think anyone wants to. <laughs> because the story behind, first of all, the movie isn't bad. Like, it's fun to watch. Gina Davis kicks ass. Matthew Modine, who now everybody knows is the weird doctor from Stranger Things, was a heartthrob in the 90s. Yeah. And, yeah, and he's in it. Um, it has James Earl Jones in it. It has, um, oh, it has Oliver Reed kind of famously in it. Um, if you don't know what happened with Oliver Reed, he was going to be a cameo in this movie, but then they fired him after he got into a bar fight and showed his dick to Gina Davis. <laughs> Jesus. Huh. <laughs> that is a so, thing that happened. Um, so it, this, the, this movie also, by the way, uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, this is part of why Carol Cole went out of business. The other ones were uh, the flopping of Showgirls, yep. Last Last of the Dogmen, and yep. Stargate. And there was supposed to be a movie called Crusade starring Arnold Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. that was going to be made until this bombed and that that got canceled. And that was a the Crusade was going to be a huge movie. Mm-hmm. Like that was a that was a big going to be in it and they shut it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I think we're due for a resurgence of pirate movies. There's an opening right now. We have superhero fatigue. We have. Big, we have big budget box office fatigue right now. We're looking for that in. So we got two ways we can go. We can you go can. ninjas or pirates. Those can you make a mod? Can you make a modest budget pirate movie? The last I think time you somebody, can. Well, the CG. last time somebody tried somebody last time somebody tried to make a modest budget pirate movie, we got the pirate movie with Christine McNichol. I mean, and look at I, that. I don't know. I think that you could do it. I think that it's time. I, I mean, I think a big budget pirate movie would do well if it was the right pirate movie. I, By I the do. Way, I, after doing this, I will crack up if your choice for um, for February when we're doing the non-traditional musicals is the pirate movie. Because I'll be like, how dare you shove a thing every, down our throat? Every single movie in 2020 Roar is a pirate movie that I'm yes. bringing to the table. I'm bringing 12 pirate movies to the table this year. You best be <laughs> fucking strap in. I know we don't make it work. <laughs> I will find I will find 12 pirate movies. They might be the same Errol Flynn movie twice, but we will watch 12 pirate movies on this show. Um, no, it could because it's a fun movie. I was what 16, 17 when this movie came out, and it was an it was an it was a fun adventure movie. That was well acted and well. Frank Langella is in this. 
Skeletor himself is running around in this movie. Um, But more so just because it's the story behind the movie is so insane. Like it's, it's bonkers that like Michael Douglas was supposed to be in the movie. Everybody that was considered for Matthew Modine's part were everybody from 1993, 94, 95. Literally. I got the list right here. So the Cruz Reeves, Russell Crowe, speak of the devil. Um, Liam Neeson, which would have been an interesting choice. Yeah. Jeff Bridges, Ralph Fiennes, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Tim Robbins, Daniel Day Lewis, which would have meant he would be an actual pirate now. He would just be a pirate right now if they had cast him in this movie because he would never have, he would have gone so deep, he would never come back. Mm -hmm. He would have been an Abe Lincoln pirate running around (laughs) in the Caribbean. That's what he would have been. Um, Like, it's, it's crazy that the this movie was made it's crazy how many cases of v8 they shipped to the set a lot is the answer um yeah there it's famously um i remember this story actually from not on wikipedia but for for whatever reason gina davis loves v8 and they just shipped so much v8 to the caribbean <laughs> <laughs> to the point Why where not? I think that they like they have to have the V8 in the it's like an invasive species <laughs> where like people really like V8 now in the Caribbean. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a movie that I really wanted to watch. It's super fun. It's the biggest box office bomb of all time, and I think we should watch it. Well, like and I think it's going to give us some good ideas for our pirate movie. <laughs> I can't wait. I want yeah. the Vanga Boys to be in our pirate movie. Oh, there. Well. It's going to be Pirates of Penzance, but all the music's going to be done by the Vanguard. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. No, it's perfect. Yeah, it's going to be Everyone's great. Everyone's going to love it. Fully four quadrant. Yeah. We, I, I don't, I'm trying to think of a we like to party, but like pirates, like I, I'm sure we can come up. We'll, we'll, we'll hash all that out we later. We like to parlay. That's good. That's <laughs> real good. That's really good. Okay. Just off the dome. Yeah. I mean, one and done. In and out. I love it. So, <laughs> so what? So I I do, however, think that this movie destroyed Matthew Modine's career. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it did. Yeah. I mean, I mean, because Gina Davis, she had the long kiss goodnight, and then she had Stuart Little. Well, they were trying to with Gina Davis at this time. They were trying to make her an action star. Mm-hmm. They were they were trying like like with the long kiss goodnight. They wanted another Sigourney Weaver. They wanted that. And this was the movie that was going to do it. And then it didn't like. Why would they want this from her? This is not her lane. Well, I mean, she, it kind of was, she, she was gearing up in that direction. She's very capable of anything. She's an amazing woman. Just, it's not, you know, you don't feel like it would have been good for her casting. Like she could have been the Linda Hamilton. Well, this is what happens when you marry Rennie Harlan anyway. It's like, well, uh, can, can we talk about Rennie Harlan for a while? <laughs> Good <laughs> Lord. Oh, my God. What what has Rennie Harlan not done? That's the question. Um, <laughs> he He's not he's not done a true good movie since Die Hard 2. I mean, that's valid. Right. But he I mean, did he's do... I mean, he's given he's given us some cult films like he's given us not only the long kiss goodnight, but he's also given us cliffhanger. He's given us Nightmare on Elm Street Four, Ford Fairlane, uh, he, Deep, Deep Blue, Blue Sea. sea. Um, he's he's given us um, 
Oh my God! No way! He is the director of the upcoming Strangers chapters oh, one, remake? two, three or this the year. Sequel? You know the the upcoming reboot this year, the parts one and two and three. He's the director of those. Oh my God! Well, he also did Blast from the Past. He was a producer at least on Blast from the Past. Mm-hmm. Forgot about uh, that thing. <laughs> oh, and he also directed Exorcist: The Beginning. Ooh, you had me. Uh, you had me scared for a minute. You thought you were going to say the, the latest Exorcist movie, Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I want to let you know that um, adjusted for inflation and everything else, Cutthroat Island is no longer the number one biggest box office oh, bomb is in it? history. No, oh, okay. it's, it's, it's number seven. Oh, wow. really? Yeah, What's so number me, one? Okay, I'm going to run down the top 15 for you. Are oh you my ready? God. Okay. <laughs> So, 3.5 no, speed, like so, not landing. Number 15 is Disney's Tomorrowland. Oh, okay. okay. Number number 14 is the 2015 fantasy movie Pan. Oh. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Number 13 is Disney's Mar- Mars Needs Moms. Okay. Number You're going to find a theme on this list. Number 12, yeah. is, number 12 is Disney's A Wrinkle in Time. It's almost as though the movies that Disney didn't advertise. <laughs> right. Number 11 is Disney's live action remake of Mulan. Ah, okay. Number 10 <laughs> Number ten is Pixar's Turning Red. That's really? outrageous. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Number nine is Battleship, the movie. That movie was fantastic. I'm surprised Rennie Harlan didn't direct that shit. Something else. Nick G. Num- Number eight is DreamWorks Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. I thought you were going to say that Sinbad movie where he's a genie. <laughs> then, num- <laughs> then, num- <laughs> then number seven it is does. number seven is Cutthroat Island. So what were bigger flops than Cutthroat Island? By the way, this photo that they have of Gina Davis, I'm going to have to use for the show because she's so fucking sunburnt in this photo. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh no, um, Poor Gina. Number six. Mortal Engines. Really? Yeah. I guess. I liked that movie. Number five, Disney's Strange World. Did that movie ever actually come out? There are movies, and I don't think we've ever discussed this, right? There are movies that I see trailers for and posters at the movie theater that I never see showtimes for, and I'm convinced they're not real. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. They usually have Jennifer Aniston in them or um uh what mcdreamy what's that guy dermot what oh, is dermot? dempsey yeah a dempsey, dempsey or a mulrooney or a, some shit and and i'll see a trailer a 30 second trailer you know before a movie and i'll see a movie poster i'll never see a time i'll never see it again i won't well, see Pat- it to rent yeah. well Patrick it's like dempsey an ai made the poster for art starring dylan mcdermott mulrooney <laughs> that's right well, Patrick Dempsey better be ready. He better be glad he had a hit with Thanksgiving then. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a hot, a hot guy. Mm-hmm. He's fine. All right. He's number, doing all right. He's num- doing fine. Number four, The Thirteenth Warrior. I love that movie. Number three, The Flash. I okay. knew that was going to be top five. Yeah, Num- be. <clears throat> Number two, Disney's The Lone Ranger. Oh, <laughs> movie really ate itself. And number one, 
Disney's John Carter is the biggest yeah. box office <laughs> bomb in history. Which is it, bullshit. Because that movie was actually good, if you watch it. So, I didn't see it because they didn't advertise for it, so I never knew They don't know it. how. How do you do that? Like, that's the thing about that movie that pisses me off, is that how do you, how do you make people want to see an Edgar Rice Burroughs non-Tarzan movie? You know, like, how do you do that? And you can't. Like, you just can't. <laughs> so it, it was a great movie. If you're a fan of that kind of thing, it's awesome. And it just tanked. And it pisses me off. As bad as it does that Cutthroat Island got the rap that it did. So uh, just to do an adjustment, if uh, we this are... Is, this is going to be mad money by yeah, the time we're so, done with this. Show. So John Carter in 2012 cost $350 million to make. That's a lot of money. That's yeah. Of now, money. If, if we are to adjust that with the inflation calculator. <laughs> it's a lot of drama. Error. Yeah, error. We cannot process any value <laughs> less than $10 million. It cannot do it. And this is from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics.gov <laughs> website. Wow. It can't adjust. You need a so Martian that's... calendar. <laughs> you need a Martian calculator. We, we, we need to get the, the Mayan calendar ruins to. That's to right, 2012. This. So, in other words, it, John wait, Carter whoa. cost a shit ton of money. Hold the fuck up. When did the movie come out? 2012. 2012? Yeah. 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 I thought that was like a thing. I thought they did that this on purpose. This movie stopped the world from ending, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> John Carter's the reason we're all still here. It's a silent hero. <laughs> it was the sacrificial lamb to appease it, it, the it fell gods. so it fell so we could live. John Carter walked so we could run. That's right. When there was one foot of set of footprints <laughs> in the sand. John Carter walked so we could watch Cutthroat Island in 2000. That's right. Right now. Let's go. By the way, we did not touch Rennie Harlan's best ever work of all time. And that was Deepest Blue, Shark's Fin, the video for LL Cool J song from Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Classic. Courtney's dead. You're I died. Courtney, I died. You're making Courtney spit. <laughs> you did. I got to remember one of my favorite things, which is the rap song and the credits of a movie that makes a rap out of the plot of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we should do an entire show on that. We should <laughs> do a great theme. We should do a video show on that. We could do it on our Discord, which exists now, you guys. You guys. We have a Discord. We have a Discord. It's I'm great. cool and young. <laughs> We're hip. We're, hip. We're watching Cutthroat Island. Do you think? Do, do you think we could get LO Cool J to appear in our Discord if we talk if we, about that song? If we did the song, I think we might be able to. I would be so excited. I don't know if you guys know this, but the ladies love Cool J. They do. Cool James. <laughs> the ladies yes. love Cool J. <laughs> they do. Well, I call him J because we're friends. So. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get Listen, it. Jay. He won't let me. Jay, he I won't let me call him we, Jay. We, we, and we need to get him on camera because we need him to watch him lick his lips. Yeah. yeah oh. Exactly. I need three towels for that, though. Jay, I know you're listening to the show. Listen, <laughs> Come Jay. on our Discord. Come, Come on, on our, our Discord, Discord Jay. On our Discord. Lick your lips on our Discord. 
We got lip gloss for you. We got it for you. Come lip sync to your song from Deep Blue Sea. (laughs) Come get Tom Holland to lip sync to your song from Deep Blue Sea on our Discord. And and then if you're feeling frisky, we'll let you do Roundaway Girl. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Gotta shook up, shook up, shook up. Let's watch this movie. I changed my mind. I don't want LL Cool J anymore. I just want (laughs) Andy. You just want me doing parodies of us getting ready to watch a movie that we yes. said we we're going to watch an hour ago before we started talking about Rennie Harlan and the magic calculator that Roy keeps over on his desk. And the broken magic calculator. That's yeah, right. Thank, thanks, U.S. government. I, I got to go write my book on how John Carter saved us from 2012. I can't wait to read it. It's going to be great. Be 2023, read. John Carter saves the universe. <laughs> we already did it. We're going back. We're going back. Uh, so are we ready to watch this pirate movie? What if Back to the Future now was a movie about a kid and an old man that ha- that have to travel back in time to make sure John Carter gets made to save the world from 2012? That's a plot to Rick and <laughs> Morty right it. there. That is a total plot to Rick and Morty right there. Like you, But you are never let on until, until they're in 2012. You never let on. You know, until they're in 1995 you ne- or whatever it is, 2012, you never let on what they're going back to do. Yeah, you <laughs> never Yeah. We need to go. Yeah, totally. That's. I mean, if they can make an entire thing about the Szechuan sauce from Mulan, then this is totally a plot for no, them. No, it's, it's Aquafina and Amy Poehler. <laughs> um. No, not Amy Poehler. It's Aquafina and Jesse McCartney. Jesse McCartney. <laughs> I think you meant uh, Melissa McCarthy. No, I meant Jesse McCartney. No, Aquafina. Aquafina is the time traveler. Jesse McCartney is this washed-up has-been singer who suddenly gets pulled into the adventure. Wow. <laughs> Jesse McCartney. Because we're going to we're going to relaunch that. There are times that I just hate you. <laughs> this is one of the times. We're going to relaunch that fucking career for Jesse McCartney. You. This is your personal. But this is your personal goal is to relaunch Jesse McCartney's career. I this is the year I pitch every movie as a pirate movie, and Roy does his damnedest hey, to get you, Jesse if, McCartney if, back. If you can bring the Vengo Boys back, then we can start bringing back into yeah. everyone's ears. I don't Pins, want another face. All right, we so Pirates that. of Penzance, music by the Vengo Boys, starring Jesse McCartney, and we got a hit, baby. I love it. Uh, <laughs> and also, don't forget, we got to throw Mandy Moore in, though, as well. So. Oh, yes, yeah. I mean, get Mandy Moore in. It's 2020 yeah. Roar. We're throwing it all in. Hear us. <laughs> oh, Can we, we watch also, this movie, please? We also need to get Bewitched Jesus. in there. We need to get Bewitched oh, yeah. in there. S Club 7 is going to make an appearance. It's going to be yes. great. S Club 7. Yes. Uh, what was it? The, the ABBA revival. 18s. They're coming, yes. too. Yeah, it's just going to be the Eurovision song contest, but this is going to, is going to be, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be pirates of pins hands. Every pirate ship has its own girl group. Mm-hmm. They're all yep. in it. Oh, we also have, they to have to Lost, raise money. We got to get lost ketchup back also. So they could do the lost ketchup song. Ketchup. <laughs> Pineapple guy. He's going to be there. Yes. Pin pineapple, apple pin yeah. guy. Bring yeah, him he's going to be there. Sai is going to be the here. Pirate King. It's going to be a fucking banger. Yes. Gary Pamu Pamu is going to be in there. Yes. Yeah, yeah Bluey. Those caramel dancer girls. 
<laughs> the, oh. fan, the 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 enemy of my movie is the Fanta girls. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, They're the sirens. Cy has to hire S Club Seven, the Cheetah Girls, eighteen to go get the to go get his pirate treasure back from the Fanta girls and their jet skis. It's fu- it's perfect. Think, you think it's the orange Fanta girl that's in charge, but it is it's not. Great. It's great. It's great Spoiler alert, Fanta. It's great. She's been in charge all along. Can we watch this movie now, please? <laughs> yes. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what great Fanta is doing in this movie. I know it's it's Cy. <laughs> Sai exposing himself to Gina Davis and getting fired in this thing. Don't, don't sue me, Sai. Please. I have lost Sandra the Lee's off in the corner I can't movie. wait. Sandra Lee's off in the corner cooking some kind sort of pineapple stew for everybody. It's well, one yeah. of the Fanta girls. Get her. <laughs> She's craft services for this movie. <laughs> all right, folks. We'll be right back after we watch one of the biggest flops of all time, Cutthroat Island. John all Carter right. saves 2012. <laughs> we set sail for Cutthroat Island! Put your backs into it. Why don't you row? Why don't you swim? We can't leave yet, Captain. We haven't put enough food on board. We need less mouths. I really think that from now on we should be partners. 50-50. 
That's the bit, Roy. So I I just want to say that uh, before we we broke away, that I I made a comment about having Jesse McCartney being involved with this. And after watching Cutthroat Island, he could have totally been in this movie. He could have played Mr. Bowen. He could have. Instead of having that Malcolm in the middle kid. Yeah, we had the Malcolm in the middle kid. Yeah, I call him Malcolm on the top because he was the oldest one. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of having the oldest Malcolm in the middle kid, we could have had Kevin. We could have had McCartney playing the role of Mr. Bowen. This movie was just the DiCaprio meme of you just sitting there pointing at the TV. Yeah, like, going, oh, hey. Oh, hey. <laughs> that guy. So I, I, I'm just going to flat out say it. With the exception of Gina Davis in this movie. I was pleasantly surprised by Cutthroat Island. Yeah, agree. Um, my biggest problem was that I just couldn't buy Gina Davis as a pirate because she was too Gina Davis in this movie. Well, I got I, a I question mean, for you on that topic. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a legit question. Outside, because I think this is a problem with pirate movies in general. Um, outside of your Johnny Depp, like that is the only one I can think of. Who else has done a pirate that's believable? Well, like, honestly, like I think straight Kira, up pirate. I I think Kira Knightley did. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I'm, she that eventually was the sound she, you made. She eventually became a pirate in the franchise, but in, in her, real life, in, yes. in real life, she's actually but in the Caribbean where she's been. Right <laughs> but it it to me it was believable. Honestly, I mean, I know why Gina Davis was cast in this role because she's married to Rennie Harlan. Sure. But honestly. I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say this. I think it would have been more interesting to see Sharon Stone play Morgan Adams than sure. Gina Davis. I because I mean, looking at Gina Davis I, at this point in period of time, I, when I, when I'm thinking of Gina Davis, the Long Kiss Goodnight had not happened yet, and with the Long Kiss Goodnight, it was believable that Gina of someone like Gina Davis was in a situation like that. But prior to this, I was just like, you were in Earth Girls are easy. <laughs> And, and and for a pirate, you have perfect teeth. You know? Beautiful see, I, teeth. The only – if they have – see, what they didn't do – and I, I want to know if there was ever, like, a director's cut of this film or what didn't make the film. Because she went straight from being pirate captain's daughter, like, right into kind of – like, this was a coming-of-age pirate story for Gina Davis that didn't have enough training to be a pirate captain. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It yeah, was just, she just like, dove right in. <laughs> yeah, and and so I think that was part of the issue. Like with Karen Knightley's character, we got four movies of her becoming mm-hmm. the pirate. Right. Queen. I mean, and plus also prior to, I mean, let's look at the movies that she had prior to Cutthroat Island. She was in Thelma and Louise, where she became an accidental, like outlaw basically a modern day outlaw in this but that evolution was natural because we saw that evolution happen then you know she played dotty in a league of their own which is this you know feel-good movie hilarious movie talking about a chapter of baseball that deserved to have a spotlight put on it then we have hero which is hero uh then we have the romantic comedy speechless and angie and then immediately after that, she just jumps right into "I'm the Pirate Queen." And yeah, they were. I think they were yeah. trying to to position another lady action star, you know. And I think they thought that. I think Rennie thought he could do that. I could Gina make my Davis. wife do it. Yeah, 
and it just well, and didn't. he he's taken some big swings in his career. Well, we were looking Rennie at some Harlan. of the other films he's done. <laughs> well, it's Rennie, yeah, he's it's Rennie Harlan. I mean, this is you know the the guy who gave us films like Driven and Cliffhanger. Yeah, he's, <laughs> which I I unironically like Cliffhanger. I watched a it a lot movie. on TNT when I was a kid in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking of that. What's the name of that Andrew Dice Clay movie? <laughs> oh, Ford Fairlane. Yeah, yeah Fairlane. he gave us Ford Fairlane. You know, he gave us. Well, he gave us Die Hard too. He I gave mean, us Deep well, Blue Sea. He loves to blow shit up. You know, Nightmare on Elm Street Four. I mean, yeah, he's going. If there's something that can blow up, Rennie Harlan's gonna, gonna blow that shit up. Yeah, like that's that's this movie cost so much money because they sank 35 pirate ships in the in this movie in real and, life yeah and I mean, set fire to a bunch of crew contracts apparently yeah. I mean, watching this movie it's like I, when i was watching it, i was like god i see where the budget went because i mean not only just the construction of the pirate ships were which looked phenomenal the, i mean all the sets in this movie were phenomenal uh but just to build all those ships just to destroy them like they did in this film and the costume yeah. i don't even want to know how much money was spent on the costuming of this film and just location yeah like, i mean they filmed it in malta in the philippines and i mean this movie was expensive looking it really was and it had Frank Loja in it. <laughs> <laughs> he was good. I mean, oh, okay, okay, he was everybody good. was good. Everybody, Frank, even Gina Jella Davis was dog, good. Frank Langella as dog was great. I I actually liked Matthew Modine as William Shaw. Yes, charming um, as shit. Um, I actually have a game about that. Do you guys want to okay. play a game? Yeah, okay. let's play a game. Should have made game music. Uh, let's do another segment. Yes, the segment. There we go. Uh, I actually have two games for this movie, so that's fun. We'll do the other one later. Uh, who turned down the Modine role? You can name anybody. There are 12 people that I found who turned this Mel part Gibson. down before they, <laughs> before they well, I know Tom, I know Tom Cruise was one of them. That's yeah. true. That's common knowledge. Mel Gibson. Tom Not Selleck, on my list. Um, Luke Evans. Vin Diesel. Um, <laughs> neither on my list. Jesse McCartney. Um, <laughs> turned it down. Turned it down. Um, I know, Roy. Give me, a, give me one. Give me a serious. Give me a serious one. Oh, I know, and 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 I know that this one is real. I because I remember hearing this and making me and it made me go, "What the actual fuck?" Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. Daniel Day Lewis is one of them. Yes. Imagine his career arc. Instead of where he be, instead of what he ended up doing, if he would have taken this role, the Matthew this Modine nestled into role. the middle of it. Yeah. Well, like, Matthew Modine at a con once explained some of the reasons why this movie was expensive as it was. I think we discussed about this in the in the first part about the V8 juice. Yeah. Um. <laughs> apparently, there was just so much V8 juice shipped to Malta. <laughs> for both Rennie Mar uh, Harlan and Gina Davis to consume, that by the end of the shoot, they had an entire room of V8 juice. So the cast party, everyone was drinking V8 juice. Nice. I want to know. Hold on. I want to know who who was up for this role. Okay. People who said no: Tom Cruise and Daniel Day Lewis, mm -hmm. Keanu Reeves. Okay. God. 
Liam Neeson. Oh, Neeson! Oh my God! Neeson goes in the wild directions. Jeff Bridges. Oh shit! No. Yeah, man. Ray Fiennes. Oh. Jeez. Oh God! Can you imagine Frank and Ray in a scene together? God, Voldemort as as, as Voldemort and Skeletor going at it. Uh, Russell Crowe. Shit. Which seems early. That seems early for Russell Crowe, but what do I know? Uh, Tim Robbins. <laughs> no. Yes. No. <laughs> no, he would No, no. Hud Sucker Proxy, man. No. Yeah, Shawshank would have got in there. It would have been the most milquetoast <laughs> movie in the world with Gina Davis and Shawshank. Fucking Eric the Viking? No. <laughs> was Eric Stoltz one of them? He was not that I could find. Maybe. Yeah, uh, Gabriel I'm Bird, casting. though. So Gabriel Byrne. Oh, wow. God. Gabriel Byrne? Wow. What are they trying yeah. to do? And I'm was going Mike... in order of weird for the role. <laughs> what, what, what Was Michael J. Fox one of them also? Uh, I mean, No, God. but Michael Douglas was. What? Oh, God. Oh, my God. And then there are two See, more. Now, that would have been great if Sharon Stone was cast. See, that could work. Because then we would have had that chemistry going on again because we know that they were fucking on the set of Basic Instinct. This is 10 years after Wall Street, and you're going to have Michael Douglas. He was old as hell in Wall Street. You're going to have his 45-year-old ass swinging from the side of a cliff trying to get some pirate gold. Why That's not? Hilarious. Harrison Ford does it for Indiana Jones. Why not? I mean, Michael, I mean, and we all know that Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone have the chemistry. So, you know. Speaking of being capable of swinging around on things in the 90s, Michael Brent. Keaton. Okay. I'm going to say yes to anything that, that Michael Keaton was up for. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And then my favorite person who said no to this role, Charlie Sheen. <laughs> oh, my God. God. Kiefer wasn't up? That's a he shame. not. That's surprising to me. Emilio? Were they making Young Guns movies at this time? <laughs> probably, Were they under probably. a Young Guns contract? Probably. He um, was saying, look yeah. at the size of that chicken while they were filming this movie. He was. He was practicing it. Um, so a question about Gina Davis in this movie. Yeah. Did she invent that, like, hot kind of butch lady notching an eyebrow thing? You know what? I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that up because I saw, I saw the line and the eyebrow and I was just like, so that's where the gay community got yeah. it. That's where we got it from. <laughs> that's yeah. where the queer community got it. They got it from Gina Davis. And it was like perfectly shaved too. I was like, beautiful. damn, for great work. Was her? I the only one while watching this film that was recasting the movie with like actors from today while the film was on? Like I was no, 100%. I was a note about this somewhere. I, I I was not. I was just like sucked into the it, it. The movie honestly sucked me in. But every time they showed Gina Davis's face, I was like, wow, for a pirate, you've got beautiful teeth, you've got great bone structure. That that line so in your eyebrow is perfect. Is that what it was? I was, I was like. <laughs> Your hair is so perfectly conditioned for a pirate. How how much coconut oil do you use? I don't. I don't. Uh, feel she like... was actually very sunburned though. Yeah. Yes, but her was. sunburn was even perfect. I was just like, <laughs> God, you got the most. You got the most sun-kissed cheeks I've ever seen in my life, and you got little freckles sticking out, and even the freckles, I'm like. Why are they glamming up the pirate? And then all of a sudden I realized, oh, wait, 
is this where they got the idea for Red the Pirate on Pirates of the Caribbean when they did the update? Yeah, to, you know, it. instead of the redhead being the wench for sale, they turned her into Gina Davis. <laughs> <laughs> but did my so why did this? I, I I mean, we can look it up all we want and, and, and get speculation from the Internet. But why did this movie fail? Because it's not bad. OK, here's the true reason why this movie failed. It was released at the wrong time of year. Yeah, Technic- technically. With it being a Christmas movie, something like this just being over the top in a Christmas movie, it should have worked. Um, however, in the year 1995, when this movie was released at around Christmas time, it's a tough year. It yeah. was very tough because I graduated from high school. That's tough. Uh, the the movie at this point was um also up against Toy Story. Yeah. Uh which was just this giant runaway hit. Uh not only was it up against Toy Story, it was up against Father of the Bride Part 2. Yeah. Sense and Sensibility. Heat. Oh. And yeah, you're pulling all your audience. In other uh, yeah, they had yeah. all the quadrants already covered. Uh, waiting to exhale. Dead yeah. man walking. Mr. Holland's opus, and then a a little a little little tiny independent movie called Jumanji. It was released. The <laughs> I same actually thing. have a note. There's a connection here. So <laughs> we made a lot of jokes while we were watching this movie about how the monkey in this movie is the monkey from Friends. Yeah. And that is not true, but it is the monkey from Jumanji. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Same monkey. He had a great year. Yeah, and a great he retired. Mm-hmm. He was just like, hey, I didn't have a hit with uh Cutthroat Island, but hey, I was in fucking Jumanji. That monkey yeah, so. was charming as shit in this movie, by the way. I love so, his fancy pants. Yeah, so he did a little there's... salute. So there was just too much going on. And I mean, on top of that, carrying over from the month of November, still making the money was not only Toy Story, but Casino, Uh, The American President, and GoldenEye. Yeah. So tough, tough season to release a movie. Yeah. I think, I mean, there was a lot that was going on in the summer of that year also, because in, in the summer of that year, you had films like Clueless, um, you had uh, <laughs> Waterworld, uh, you had um, Apollo 13 and films like that. But I honestly think that this would have probably worked better in the summer than it would have in the winter, because honestly... It really seems like a July 4th sort of a release. Yeah, I was shocked when I found out this was released at Christmas time because I'm like, this feels more like a summer film than anything. Yeah. Yeah. Also, for the time, I mean, not there were some long movies, but like movies like this, this was a long film. Yeah, today we have like, you know, Killers of the Flower Moon, which is almost four hours hours long. Yeah. But for a big blockbuster type movie, this was a long movie for 95. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you come out of this, like you'll watch this movie and you come out kind of exhausted. <laughs> they do a lot. There was a lot that happens. And a lot of it's fun and totally worth oh. watching. Oh, yeah, it was, to- it was, 
it, it, it was totally a, I mean, it was a big budgeted pirate yarn is what it uh-huh. was. And, you know, while watching, I was like, you know, this is no different than a Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I'm going to say I enjoyed it more than the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, actually, uh, because it reminded me of, you know, the, the films of Errol Flynn back yeah. in the yeah, day. For sure. Um, now, I will say that my own personal grieving process did cloud my viewing just a little bit because we did recently find out that we're not getting any more. Our flag means death. Yes. And so like the rag tag fun pirate guys. And I was just like, man, this is kind of bumming me out. I kept looking for Hodor and drag. <laughs> doing a, but that's kind of my point, right? Doing serious pirate shit is hard to do. It's yes. a hard sell, you know, but like like I said, I you know, Kieran Knightley and um, Legolas notwithstanding, I think Johnny Depp is the only one that's been able to pull it off in a in a fashion where it's like a seriously believable pirate, and be, and it's seriously believable because he is so unbelievable. Yeah, mm-hmm. any kind of steering into like an Errol Flynn era straight straightforward, while it might be super fun pirate romp. I mean, she does cut her dad's dead scalp off of his head in this film. That did yes. have something. Um, you know, it's hard to pull off. It's very difficult um, without it being super dry or without it going into Pirates of the Caribbean territory where you have ghost ships and guys made out of fucking barnacles and shit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, I think all things considered, they did a good job. It's just a really hard it's hard to to tackle the bar. Yeah. The bar went from really high in one way to really high in another way. And they just kind of threaded the needle, unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah. But, but uh, it's fun. I love it. It is fun. There's a lot yeah. of funny moments. I mean, um, I mean, all of the atypical moments of a non supernatural pirate movie was there. You know, they're, they're looking for a specific treasure and the specific treasures in a cave and, you know, you have the There's dueling the factors map. going on, the weird map. You have also the British uh, military wanting to cut in on the action and everything. I mean, all the beats were there. So there was nothing new being brought to the table with mm-hmm. this. Except the only thing that was new that was being brought was a bigger budget. <laughs> but, you know, even though it's it's stuff that we've seen before in Pirate Moves and everything – that didn't take away from the fact that it was not boring. I mean, there was, uh, there was never a boring moment to me in this movie. No, there wasn't. Uh, there, there was always something even. So this time period when it's not pirates, my brain just shuts down. My <laughs> eyes glaze over. I just have no interest in the powdered wigs and the poofy peplumy skirt thing. I just, it, uh, my brain didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> but even in that scene that was all that where we meet Willie for the first time, there was still some good stuff where um, – oh, I can't remember the character's name now, but somebody was trying to get him to ask a woman to dance, and he's like, she's rather homely, sir. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, um, God, what was, uh, what, God, what was the character's name? Cause I actually enjoyed that character. He was um, funny. It's something dumb. I can't remember it. It was something to make him look like the ass. Um, like top, uh, topper or something like that. I don't Trotter, 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 Trotter. Trotter. Yeah. Cause Trotter comes back later and is a pirate. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was just like, I don't have a future in the military. Um, Maybe I'll try this. That's the, that's the scene where I started casting people. Because it's not that that woman was unattractive. She was not. No, she, she was just like unconventionally attractive. And I was like, if this was made today, that would 100% be Kristen Shaw, and she would fucking kill it. Oh, she yeah. looks she a little bit like Kristen Shaw. Yeah, she would destroy that role. Like, she would eat that shit up. Oh, yeah. You would remember nothing else about this movie than Kristen Shaw losing her diamond uh, hairpin and uh, screaming about it. Yes. Um, Who would play Trotter today? Um, Adam mm-hmm. Devine. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good move. Oh, yeah, I see that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that scene would be even better with Kristen Schaal and Adam Devine in it. <laughs> yes. And I hate to say it, casting Bowen today, it would be Timothy Chalamet. Maybe. I mean, we could go a little older than Chalamet. Yeah, I still, think maybe. I like okay. Chalamet, though. That's that's not bad. I um, would, I, you know who could pull it off? Jason <laughs> Statham. Jason Statham. Jason Statham. No, I would have cast him as dog. I would cast Jason oh, Statham yeah. as dog. Are you kidding? Of He'd course, perfect it's perfect. Dog. Like, he can do the funny lines. Like, he can deliver the funny, but he is imposing his shit. And that's one thing in this movie that Frank did. Even through all the funny and weird and kind of over-the-top shit, he was scary. He was like, imposing. He, was he really was. Still threatening. Yeah. You know, uh, Langella says this is one of his three favorite roles he ever played. Gelator, number two. Skeletor yeah. is one of the other ones. It really I know, is. he loves the weird shit. Uh, do God you bless know him. what the third one is? No. Um, have a I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess, and I'm going to say the remake of Lolita. Oh, God. Good guess. God. Uh, it was not uh, his third one, so he loved being Dog, he loved being Skeletor, and he loved being Richard Nixon. <laughs> oh, in the Frost Nixon movie? Yeah, in the fr- yeah, in Frost Nixon. Yeah. Uh, All right. Okay. I always forget that he was really kind of attractive when he was younger. Yes. Well, I mean, aged. he cast as Dracula for a reason. I mean, yeah. yeah. He aged in like a month and a half, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Dracula, dog Dracula to took it all out of him. Dracula took it all out of yeah. him. I think he just decided. He said, and now I'm going to be old. <laughs> so with recasting this movie, I have a good question to ask because I absolutely loved him in this role. Who would play Mr. Glasspool? It's a good question. Hmm. Definitely not Kevin Hart. No. No. Donald no, Glover. Get him away if from you our a, if you remake. A budget? You know who'd be fun? I could see. I could. I could see him in that. Or um, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Could see sure. that. Uh, I would love to see Lakeith Stanfield take a crack. Oh shit! Anytime. Anywhere. Okay. Yeah. There, no, there, I'll, there, I'll there's counter. the choice. Lakeith Stanfield. I'll counter there that. you go. I'm going to counter that and say either Lakeith Stanfield, my thought was Ron Funches, but either Lakeith Ugh. Stanfield is an interesting choice for the the biographer. Right. That's true. Hmm. You know, because he kind of plays, Lakeith kind of plays an anxious guy really well. Yeah. Anxious and smart, but it's easy to overlook the intelligence. Yeah. Yeah, or Ron Funches, like just because that would be a fun as hell character in that role. <laughs> Listen, if we need to write a role into this movie so that Ron, <laughs> Ron Funches can <laughs> have that role. And who would play Ainsley, the villain? I mean, I've got my I've got my casting. I would play I would put Bill Nye as Ainsley because he's oh. good at playing a role like that. And I, I do I, the whole, love Bill Nye. The yeah. whole entire time I was watching, I was like, God, this guy is Bill Nye without being Bill Nye. 
Um, you know what? Let's go a little younger and say David Tennant. Listen, I'm not going to say no to David Tennant either. <laughs> David Tennant, because the thing is, we love David Tennant. We love David Tennant for his Doctor Who-y, wackadoodle David Tennant ways. But David Tennant, when he plays a villain, is man super effective. The Purple Man the purple is probably man. the most effective Marvel vil- villain that they've ever made. That is one of my favorite seasons of television ever, 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 Just ever. Fucking creepy as shit. To the point um, where, to this day, we still have not finished the rest of that series. Because you don't want to sully it? We want to keep going back and watch season one again. We've watched season one like four but times. This is why, and I know that, that this has this, what I'm about to say, it, it has some animosity. It has some contention in this group. But this is why I was happy to see Echo be on Disney Plus because mm-hmm. it is that it is that universe and that universe exists now in yeah. in Marvel proper. That so, means we can get him back. That means we can get him back. That means we're going to get Luke Cage back. That means mm-hmm. we're going to get Jessica Jones back, who I think is one of my favorite Marvel characters. Listen, and Kristen uh, Ritter did it perfectly. Oh, my God. Kristen Ritter can do anything. And I believe that if you have never watched audience, if you've never watched, don't trust the bee at apartment 23, do yourself a favor. <laughs> if you haven't watch, watched Veronica Mars, she's really good in Veronica Mars. Watch the shit out of don't, don't, don't mess with the bee. <laughs> Cause it is one of the best TV shows that's ever been created in which James Vanderbeek appears as James Vanderbeek and is a asshole. <laughs> it Incredible. is fantastic. Uh, by the way, welcome back to random shows. We like it's a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Stream of Consciousness, where we're always going to end up just talking about TV shows that we like. That's what we do. So um, I, I, I will let you know the exact moment in this movie I knew what I was getting myself into. And that was at the very beginning of the movie when Gina Davis said, by the way, that won't work. See, I took your balls. Yeah. Yes. At that yes. point, I realized, oh, it's got a campy edge to it. Okay, I'm tucking in. Super Here fun, yeah. yeah. When she's they, talking to the guy who, uh, sorry, this is another TV reference. He took a picture of Brian Cranston to the barber, but the barber looked at the other page. Yes. Like yes. <laughs> His hair looked like dog ears. <laughs> that, and I also love William Shaw constantly keeping track on how many towns Morgan destroyed. <laughs> like, oh, there you go. You just destroyed that town too. Are you happy? All right, yeah. then. Well, the fun part was, you know, especially for the time that this came out, mm-hmm. was taking all of these very male tropes, action movie pirate tropes, James Bond tropes even, and mm-hmm. then letting Gina Davis do them. Because there's yeah. one thing, Gina Davis is a great actress. Mm-hmm. Like, she is very well, good. She's won, an a- she's won an Academy Award for a yeah. reason, you know. Yeah, and she well, did the, and- she, the balls line just like a James Bond character, just like a Connery would do it, mm-hmm. you know, and then boop! out the window you know it's like great all right i'm in for it well i really appreciated how they treated it and i'm not sure if she had her fingers in this process or not but they a lot of movies like this especially in this time period would try to like fem up those things yeah but they didn't for her mm-hmm. like there was a stunt she did the stunt the same way a man would do it she was just wearing I- I applaud her for doing all her own stunts in that movie. I, was, I mean, there were some stunts I was seeing her do, and I was like, girl, why are you Tom cruising this shit? What the hell? What? You it know, was pretty cool. That that you, window shot was neat. Yeah. She there is a scene where she... Out of the window she, and into the seat. 
yeah, falls down a side of a building. She's obviously on a wire because you can see it pull her up. Mm-hmm. But it was a, it's like a six story drop and she did. Oh, it. when her when when her and Shaw are like crashing through the sky yeah. thing. And, yeah. yeah. God, even though I know that that was all perfectly staged and everything, the fact that she actually did that, I was like, damn. Yeah. Yeah, it was it, it was impressive. Like Well, and I learned a lot about that shot. Um Craig was telling me about it because he was very interested in it and he said he remembered seeing it in the theater. Um good for Craig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh he said that it was part of why the movie is so expensive. He said it, at that point it was the most expensive shot that had ever been filmed. Really? It, it looks it. I yeah. mean it really You're does. Right out of those shots. Because and the, it scene, was a, the scene it was, where she's swinging from one ship to the other while stuff is blowing up around that was her cool. and it's not and it's not like they're trying to do this well we're going to make you think it's her by hiding her no her no. face is shot on into the camera and this is before they had the technology to put the face yeah. on a stuntman yeah. like that i mean you uh, can clearly tell that was her swinging over the explosions onto the other ship yeah the flip into the carriage it was they could not possibly get one clean take and so what they did was they did a bunch of them and they did a digital composite to make okay. it work. Wow. And that's why it was so expensive. Super interesting. Yeah. When they when that when they did the carriage escape, that's where I was like, okay, I oh, that was a fun that. sequence. Because they destroyed it had to have been a mile <laughs> was a lot. of of set that they built. <laughs> For that, for that purpose. And then I love that during that escape sequence, when she's like, when she's going through the building trying to catch up with the carriage, and she gets in there, and she's like, "That was a nice shop. I got to go back to it someday." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's dead. It's gone. <laughs> I laughed out loud because it's super hacky, but they did it really, really well. The as the as the carriage is barreling away, and there's you know, redcoats trying to jump onto the the carriage and they then the funeral procession for the cardinal or whatever oh starts God. coming that, when that came on i start cracking up because i'm like now we're in 1940s comedy yep. territory yeah i was like this <laughs> yeah. is so hacky but but perfectly but perfectly done like yeah. it was great it's like watching cheers you know the joke and you you don't care it's still good <laughs> Yeah, it's done so well. <laughs> the fact that we saw the corpse's face, shattered face, fall on the ground. Also, I was like, damn. There was yeah. a lot of that. You know, I was a little surprised at the amount of like dark hour shit that we had in yeah. this movie. Yeah, Rennie Harlan doesn't shy away from that shit. Like, he's pretty much going to, sh- you know, show you that shit. Like, there he's were... not going to, he's, he's, this wasn't a, this wasn't a Disney film. This was like, okay, well, we're also going to stab a guy a bunch of times and we're going to mm-hmm. show it. <laughs> like, all right. Yeah. Well, there were there were a number of emaciated corpses just oh, in yeah. cages. Yeah. The, the <laughs> one that was in, there was a, a, there was one particular emaciated corpse in the cage where they were going to hang, to sell him. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they were going to sell that, that I was like, wow, that is unsettling. Way to go guys. Probably cheap. Now there was one. <laughs> Uh, credit for this movie that absolutely made me go, oh my god, and I think I talked about it in our group chat also, was that the animatronics that they designed for the movie was done by the Jim Henson Creature Workshop. I don't doubt it. Everything and, looked uh, great. When I saw that in the credits, I was like, holy shit, he got the Jim Henson Creature Workshop involved with this too? No wonder the budget went through the ceiling. Yeah. 
I mean, they were all in on this thing. For real. They they had to assume it was going to make a shit ton of money. Like, and it probably would have if one, it would have been released at a different time. Yeah. If it would have been released at a different time of year. And two, if they would have, because I I remember the commercials for this did not make the movie look interesting to me. I remember that. And I had already automatically dismissed the movie in my brain as being, oh, this is going to be a pile of shit. Because it just because I remember even going back and looking at the trailer for it to create this episode, I was like, yeah, this is not that great of a trailer. So I I, I blame Caracol for mismarketing this movie. Could have drank less V8, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, speaking of the animatronics and how cool they were, you know, more eels than I expected in this movie. Yeah, there was a lot of eels being thrown. There around. was a lot of eel action in this movie. A lot of eel work. I was wasn't expecting it. Still cool. They looked great. Yeah, well, that's Jim Henson for you right there. I mean, it, and, and at the same time, I'm thinking, God, that's what they eat. Oh, poor. I'm glad I didn't live in Jamaica during the days of the pirates. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, <laughs> it's like I'm I'm from I'm from Lake Country and we've seen some alligator gar and they're not pleasant and that was way worse than any alligator gar I've ever met. <laughs> uh so I it's a shame that this is not streaming anywhere anymore because I would totally recommend people to watch this thing. Yeah, uh, for sure, for sure. Cuz oh oh and I I, can't, I have I have to I have to I I I totally forgot about this because i mentioned this in the chat also i love that we got some love that we got some max snyder slow-mo in this movie mm-hmm. also yeah. like aggressive slow-mos at some points in this film um which cracked me up it's great but overall i'm i i, I am shocked andy i ab you you converted me with cutthroat island i i thoroughly enjoyed this movie i'm gonna go two for two i'm going back to back on movies <laughs> you're killing that- it I'm loving it. I'm turning the tide. 2020 roar is my season. <laughs> yes, 2020 roar. We're doing great. Uh, some some really awesome. That is the byline for 2020 roar. We're doing great. We're doing great. Everything's hey, fine. We're great. We're great. How we're are you? <laughs> so, uh, Andy. Yep. As 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 we announced in the last episode, we are doing unconventional musicals for the month of February. We are. So um, it, I'm curious to know what you that chose. That you <laughs> you're real fucking curious, aren't you, for, Big Daddy? For our unconventional musical. What is our unconventional musical that you chose for us? Yeah. So this will be the second musical that we've done by the same director. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. Um, this one's from 1998. It is basically lost at this point. You cannot buy it. You cannot stream it. You can rent it, which is what I'm going to have you guys do. I'm going to I'm going to get you some some rents for this thing. Um, do you have any guesses, Roy, as to what it might be? 1998, same director as a movie you and I have watched on this this podcast. Uh, don't look it up. I don't want to hear typey types. <laughs> no, I'm like types. typing in and, and and nothing's come up whatsoever. Um, Here, I'm going to give you a couple more hints. It's not Cannibal the Musical. No, I'm going to give you some hints. That's too conventional, Roy. Yeah. Tony Collette. Muriel's Wedding? No, man. 
Come on, it was produced by Michael Stipe. No, it was not. Yeah, mm. it was. I'm just going to say it. We're doing Velvet Goldmine. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Wow. Actually, do I own Velvet Goldmine? Hold I, on I would a be, second. I was, I was thinking you might. I, I had it on DVD. I do not have it anymore. I actually think I have it in my voodoo collection. Hold on one second here. Um, <laughs> amongst the 680 movies I have it, uh, so, stream, streaming here. Let me go here. Let me go to V. So Todd Haynes directed this. Todd Haynes also directed the Carpenters biography that they did with Barbie dolls that we watched. Gotcha. Yes, so this is, I own Velvet Goldmine, so you could save your I money. I can save $4. <laughs> you could save your money. I own Velvet Goldmine. This is one of my this is one of my favorite films of all time. One of my fa- by far I think probably my favorite non-typical musical. Um highlighting the the uh unauthorized biography of Iggy Pop, David mm-hmm. Bowie and Lou Reed. Um, and their and their sexualities and their proclivities. Um, uh, I have missed this movie so much. And as soon as you said it, I was like, I'm doing Bill Goldmine. I'm very excited. I've never seen it. I'm aware of it. But oh, I'm you're in for a treat. You're in for a treat with this one. This one's good. I mean, it, it, I'm 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 I've always been curious to know what it would have been like had they allowed it to be a David Bowie biopic. Right. Uh, uh, you know, of that that whole glam rock era mm-hmm. of of the Diamond Dogs period. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm I'm very excited to be doing this film. Like I am I am beside myself that, that we get to watch this. And I saw this in the theater. I didn't know what I was getting into <laughs> when I went to see it. I'm glad I did. But it was one of those like, oh, oh, OK. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Musical month is going to be rad. I'm so excited. Yeah. So that's what well, we're doing. God. Oh, yes. I mean, it's it's this is going to be a good one. I'm glad. Thank you for choosing Velvet Gold. I'm, t- I'm going. I'm telling you, 2020 Roar. I'm making it. <laughs> no I, skits. Like I, it's like I said, I, I have it on my voodoo, but it's been a long time since I, I've seen this. Uh, and so. As soon as 2025, it's, it's Mad Balls. Every every movie is Mad Balls. <laughs> <laughs> Get get ready get ready for some um some for some Christian Bale action in this one as well. Oh, yeah. uh, yes. Um, yeah, you'll get to see Christian Bale in basically. Wait, is this is this pre machinist? This is, yeah yeah it yeah. is pre machinist when he was still beautiful before he got all kind of haggard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You get to was, see Christian. Eddie, if I remember right, isn't Eddie Izzard in this movie also? Everybody was like did cameos. Everybody wanted a piece of this movie. Um, yeah, because I think she was in it. This Eddie Izzard was in it. Pre op, Eddie Izzard is in this. Um, and of, of course, um, Obi Wan Kenobi is in yeah, it. Yeah, UN John Reese Davies or John Reese Myers, Tony mm. Collette, Eddie Izzard. Say less. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the it is an ins- it is it is a very very beyond just being. Like the subject matter is insane. Um, beyond that, like it is a very good movie. Like it is. well acted, over the top. Like, like, like the biopics that we're getting now. But, bef- like, like this was kind of the proto of that. 
it just didn't have it just didn't have David Bowie's name attached to it. But it's this fictionalized over the top, you know, Elton John's floating at the piano type of thing. Um, I mean, it did a really good job of capturing the era of glam rock. It really yes. did. Yeah. So good. I'm glad everybody's excited. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, especially after you hear what my choice is. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So it's already shaping up to be an interesting fe- uh, February there. So there we go. We're going to be doing – we're guaranteed at least one or two good f- – films um depends yeah. on what you mean i mean <laughs> zombie prom is very camp so if you like camp then you'll like it god i am already feeling the, the 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 torches and pitchforks for me on my choice but you'll have to wait until our next episode where we <laughs> talk about uh the 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 high power glamorous life of male fraud speaking uh, of torches and pitchforks <laughs> So join us on our next episode where we discuss – God, I don't even remember the name of the show. The Inspectors. The Inspectors. I just know it as the show that made – that you – that caused you to make me watch Brigham, uh, Brigham Young University television on purpose. Listen, I got more notes about the streaming app than I do the shows. <laughs> Shockingly smooth app, BYU, honestly. That's right. All right, gang, see you next time on our next episode, and we'll talk to you all later. Got your balls. <laughs> Got your balls. <laughs>